Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. I'm a gal's gal, a women's woman. I have a girl squad. I've been called lots of names, but tomboy was never one of them. I love my ladies, my MBs and my in-betweens. And I enjoy men too. But you know, the men I dig are the ones who freely express the full range of human emotions. So all that being what it is, I really enjoyed talking to Linda, who has a different comfort level with those we might refer to as dude bros. Maybe because I am like such a tomboy and I am kind of a bro sometimes. For me, it didn't bother me that I was always the only girl. Like I'm just like, okay, this is pretty normal. Like As you might remember from the Win series, she definitely saw and empathized with the experience of those who struggled in a bro culture. But she said that largely those issues rolled off her back. So I want to know why. What is it about her makeup that makes her so resilient, even when she's the other or the only? She starts at the very beginning. Her parents immigrated from Shanghai before she was born, and her mama stepped up and gave no Fs. I was like, oh, it's all guys again. I think I just have been used to it. Like my mom, she's an immigrant. Both my parents didn't speak English. They just worked on end jobs, saved a bunch of money, and then they went into the car wash industry. So growing up, it was just all guys too. You know, Latin, again, it was just all male dominated too. Right. Where did your parents immigrate from? They came from China. Yeah, they've been here for a while now, um, for 40 years almost. Where, so you were born here? I was born here. And then um, I was sent back to China to live with my grandparents until I was like five. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. So then I came here for preschool. Yeah, I think everybody's background is different. So I think depending on like what you are accustomed to, what you, I think I was very lucky to have like my mom be a female entrepreneur and right. she came here, didn't speak English. She didn't understand what mansplaining was. She didn't really care. She was like, fuck you. Like I'm here. I got to I, it's, you know, when you have no option, like you come here and you're an immigrant and you have no money, like you just make it work. Like you figure it out. And she didn't care. Like, Oh, I'm a female. Like I run a car wash. Like she didn't care that it was male dominated. She didn't care. That it was like dirty. Like, you know, she, you know, like, so she just did it. And grew the business, you know, she, at the end of it, had like four car washes. She was definitely a huge impact on me just being like, okay, like people are going to talk shit. People are going to give you crap. People are going to tell you that you can't do it or not going to help you because you're a woman or you're foreign. You just do it. So I can, it's kind of the same thing with like the mask business. Like so many people were like, your mask don't pass this test. Like, how are you going to get this? Like, it's not going to meet these standards or, you know. And if I listened to everybody that told me no, I'd be nowhere. So you so did it. Anyway. I did it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of it is just like whoever's last standing is going to make it. And so I'll just keep working at it slowly, find a good pace and just keep working at it. Her mom modeled for her how to just keep working at your goals, despite whatever big obstacles are in your way. 
But Linda's also driven in her physical pursuits, which led her into traditionally male-dominated sports. I don't know how to explain it. Like, for me, it didn't bother me that I was always the only girl. Like, I was like, okay, this is pretty normal. Like, anytime we're in corporate, anytime we're in, you know, any male-dominated sport, like, which I'm used to, like, it was, I was used to just being around guys. So I'm used to like their, how they banter, how they talk or how they, you know, the occasional mansplaining or something. And you just kind of just like take it with a grain of salt and you like, it takes a lot to like, one, piss me off, two, to like really offend me. I just let it roll off my shoulders, right? I just, yeah. it didn't really like, you know, when you work with the equipment team for QA, your job is to go in and meet with all these development teams, meet with all these groups aid them in production, help them with all their problems, you know, pretty much clean up aisle on 10 because they messed up on something. So like a lot of the times, if you're going to the shoe guys, it's all dudes. It's the equipment team. It's all dudes. Like I just got, it didn't really bother me. So from my perspective, I kind of just let it, I've always been one of the guys in that regard. So it didn't bother me, Yeah. but hearing it from other women's perspective and like, you know, the same situation you know, help me see like, okay, like this, I could see how it would bother these women or bother people who aren't used to it. Like I grew up with brothers. So like it didn't, it never really like affected me as much, Yeah. but I could see and understand and be empathetic to other women who didn't have the same exposure or same upbringing. Yeah. I mean like growing up, I did martial arts. So like it was mainly guys that did martial arts. And then when I was in college, like I lived with all baseball players like for three years. It was, I was literally in a fraternity house. Like it was all guys. And then after college, I worked in a sports marketing firm. So I worked for the top like sports marketing guys that repped a bunch of NFL guys. And I took guys, you know, to their signings. And it was just, you know, I went to super, I pretty much had every guy's dream job. Took guys, you know, took our athletes to Super Bowl, took them to their signings and like got them endorsements. Again, that's all male, all old, all white. And then after that, I went to grad school, did my degree at FITM after USC, and then worked in a surf stand-up paddleboard design company. So it was, again, all males, majority, all males for surf and stand-up. And then prior to that, like all my sports that I did was like, I did motorcycle track racing on like sport bikes. It's all males. Yeah. Like, and I was lucky enough to have all old white guys take me in and mentor me. Right. I wouldn't have been able to race without their mentorship. I didn't know how to like put a trailer hitch on a truck. I didn't know how to get my motorcycle up on a ramp into a truck bed. Yeah. And again, all these people are older white males that have been, I, I, I've been very lucky to have all these older white males, the people that complain about actually mentor me. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I, I come from a different perspective in regards to, you know, there's going to be some guys that are not going to help you or some older people that are not going to help you. But if you do a numbers game, someone's going to eventually help you. If you yeah. care about it enough, if you, you know, are passionate enough, I think um, there's going to be people who are going to see that and help you. Not everybody's going to help you. Linda keeps coming back to the recipe for success. The effort you put in, plus fate or circumstances, or really those around you that are willing to advocate for you. I was hired on as an engineer and there was an open spot for the manager role and I was able to get that spot within a year. I don't think that happens that often, 
but I wasn't afraid to say yes. And I, again, I had Rick, I had Karen, I had all these people that supported me too. Um, so again, it, life is 50, 50% like chance and then the effort you put into. Yeah. And I mean, you're the, the, the 50% chance is also like other people, like you said, mentoring you and supporting you, you know? Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, there's no way I would be able to be where I was in the time length that I did it in because I was, you know, like I had the support group. So again, it's 50, 50 chance and on your efforts. I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with, I guess your perspective and like what you're confident in being able to just say yes and just take the chance and take the risk. You know, some people are less, they're risk adverse and that's, you know, you just have to work on those points. Like for me, it's just, I mean, my weaknesses are organization, like staying on task. I get ADD really quick and just being able to prioritize sometimes. And so having, you know, building up the people around you that are good at those things, that's, surrounding yourself with people that you know you can learn from those are all the skill sets that I think helped a lot for me right she's willing to take a risk and say yes and she's also aware of her weaknesses and recognizes where her teammates can supplement those but she also has a specific mindset I think yeah I think it's your your values and how you operate. Like for me, I've always tried to give everybody an A in my book. Like even when I first meet you, I try to give you an A and through, you know, collection of data through like time spent together or examples, you could lower your grade, you know, like, so that's how I kind of view it. Like everybody starts, but other people are the opposite. Like Karen is the opposite. She, everybody starts with an S. Right. So right, right. She, you know, her filter, her filter is set. Like everybody is an asshole. Everybody's <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to you. And then you can earn your way up. Right. You know, right. like, so like for me, I'm just the opposite and there's no right or wrong. It's just however you want to, however you, some people might start their like grading at a C, like everybody starts at a C and you know, yep. that's how I'm going to handle with precaution. Right. So, so true. Just, you know, it's just your filter setting. Linda became an entrepreneur last year. She currently operates out of her home. And those teammates and relationships she built have been critical. We've pretty much taken over the whole garage. The kitchen, I mean, is used as our cafeteria because we have employees here. Like, the front living room is used as a photo shoot room for all the products. I mean, pretty much is taken over. So cool. Yeah. And we're like, <laughs> no, it's it's great. I mean, like we were able to just, I mean, you can't go anywhere. You're on lockdown. So might as well right. do something at home. But then you what have no you, division. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's full work-life integration, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no like, there's no division at all. There's no borders. So mentally you have to like be like, okay, if I close my laptop, if I turn off the lights in the garage, I'm done. Right. Like otherwise I would be in here. Like when I first started being here till like two or three in the morning. Yeah. What are your um, orders looking like? I was working a lot with different CrossFits because the mandates here were you have to work out with a mask on. So my niche is uh, performance mass. Um, So it's essentially the same vendors that we use for our performance lines at um, the recycled plastic bottle for pretty fabric. And Amanda actually helped me 
um, do some of the sourcing. Rachel Foote from lab came in and helped me do some like risk assessment and lab testing on the fabrications. Kin and Gwen came in to help me with some of my production. I might be working with Robin on another product doing manufacturing for them and prototyping for another like project. I've had so many, I'm so grateful. I've had so many people come and help me and just help me get this all like set up. So nice to have like a hotline and be like, I don't know what I just do with this machinery. Who do I call? Like my cover stitching meal broke. Um, it's leaking oil everywhere. Like I, you name it. I mean, everything's that happened here. Women so, yeah, supporting been, women. Yay. Yeah. No, but it's all your mentors too. It wasn't just like, you know, Rick has been a huge support. Like anytime I'm like, I don't know what I did with this machine. Like how do I fix this like heat coil or how do I like redo the pneumatic system on this PSI? I mean, it's just all learning. Right. Like, right. I didn't know how to operate half of these machines and like you have to maintenance them too. So it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. And then just trying to maintain your relationship with your boyfriend without, <laughs> you know, he's just like, you know, you don't have any separation. Like you don't, everything's flooding the garage out of the, <laughs> into the living room. Like you need to, like I, my mental health is <laughs> going uh -oh. down because there's shit everywhere. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. Love I, in the times of COVID. Yeah. When you're yeah. just trying to, when you're just like a tiny little startup. Right. No, but mass production has been pretty good. So we were partnering with a lot of like fitness places, doing right. pop-up shots with them. And then athlete testing, wear testing, and then D to C, so direct to consumer from just online. And then some custom like wholesale. So like a lot of smaller companies, some tech companies here too, medical device companies, one of their customized logos. We do that all in-house. So What's it called? I mean, we're so small. The brand is called Contingency. Contingency. Yeah. Okay. And then the parent company is called Good Human. And cool. so what we do with the mass after, so we try to source sustainably if we can. So locally, if we can, the main fabric is from the recycled plastic, water bottles and post-consumer plastics. And then we have you know, we try to buy like the waterproof performance uh, bindings from like factories that are closing. They still meet requirements like lab testing and they've been uh, third party tested. But instead of it going into the landfill, it's like, you know, it's small rolls that we still utilize that most factories don't want to cut because it's more work to cut smaller rolls and small right. pieces. And we're the only one that does a warranty on them too. So we offer a 30 day warranty on the mask. Most people won't take them back. And then once you are done with the, the mask, the product lifecycle, you send it back and we'll scrap them into dog bedding, the main pieces. Cool. That's to keep awesome. them out of the landfill. Yeah, so I love it. In. Yeah. And we, we manufacture for any groups. If it's like other products, they have to have a sustainability, like a sustainability pillar, whether they think about their warranty end or they think about how they're going to repurpose the goods. So for instance, like, if it's like a pool kicker or like some kind of product you use in, in, for use, do we sanitize and clean it and then donate it to nonprofits with kids to teach them how to swim? Or, you know, it's, it's just having the thought through with your end of product life cycle. Right, right. And not just throwing it in the landfill. Right. Linda is very passionate about a sustainable product life cycle. From the materials she uses, how her products are created, and then what happens to them after you, the customer, are done using them. 
In the WIN series, she talked about how important it is to have a common goal in an organization. And it's no different with her small team in the garage. Give them purpose too, and also help them during a pandemic when they can't find jobs. Right. Figuring out how to get them legal. And they care about sustainability. They've seen it on their end in third world countries and how waste, plastic waste has affected their industry, affected their country. So finding you know, a purposeful brand has been really important to me because I don't want to just create more shit to put in the landfill. Right. The whole purpose is to be able to bring back manufacturing. People are going to need clothes. They're going to need products. But how do we set the path and set the standard where every company that manufactures goods is responsible, is actually taking care of their front product life cycle and then ending it correctly, right. not just throwing it in the dump. I mean, it makes me appreciate like what the sewers actually do because I had to do all the production sewing when I first started. I did 500 masks by myself. I was like, I don't ever <laughs> want to do this again. Right? It's hard. Like, I don't know how they do it. Like, and they're so precise too. So I was like, I can't, I can't ever talk shit or be like, no, like from a quality perspective, when you're inspecting things, you're like, oh, this stitch line is off. Like you're a quarter off and you don't realize how hard it is to do it. Right, right. Yeah. So true. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's been great. I mean, yeah. lots of learnings and, and definitely grateful that I had all those uh, opportunities. She's grateful for the experiences she's had and for something weird, COVID. It's been an adventure, but I'm grateful 2020 happened. You know, mm -hmm. it has been hard, but I think maybe we need the reset. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I'm hopeful that when things are back to normal, that we will have shifted a lot of the ways that we live, you know? It was just we weren't cognizant. I think we needed it. I think Mother Nature and it did it for a reason. Like when right. a global pandemic, when has the whole world shut down at the same time? Right, right, right. Fully. Like so, when you yeah. think about it on a scale, the whole planet Earth had to shut down. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I think it was good. We needed it. I mean, on vacation when we were in Mexico, you know, like I surfed down there a lot. and But um, we were scuba diving and like where Baja is, like where the point is, where like, most of the cruise ships used to come, all the tourist boats and everything. Because of COVID, all the marine life came back. All wow. the marine life, like, it was completely different. Because of COVID, there's no more cruise ships. There's, you know, the, not the same amount of tourism. Like, I've never seen it that rich. Ever. Wow. Ever. And I've been growing up going to Cabo. Like, it wasn't just like a, oh, like, I've, this is my first time here. Yeah. Like, there's some good things to... COVID, like we didn't realize how bad we were destroying our planet. Right, right, right. Yeah, spending quality time and not, yeah, the commute. I mean, I used to commute an hour and 15 minutes one oh my way. Gosh, too much, too much, too long. Yeah, it would, like, I didn't realize that, like, it was like eating part of my soul. Absolutely. Like yes. Yeah. I mean, when you add it up and like how many hours of your life <laughs> you're just spending in a car. That's horrible. Yeah, so I'm yeah. definitely grateful. I mean, yeah. my commute is literally roll out of bed into the mm -hmm. garage. And I don't know how I'm late to that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did I, like, how am I late from, like, a two-minute walk? <laughs> yes. Not even. 
It's not even. It's like a thirty-second walk. Um, <laughs> you're yeah. the bo you're the boss lady, though. You got the like, boss lady. Yeah, yeah, but I still like, have suit yeah. jacket in the morning. No, no, no. literally just roll <laughs> out. Like put on like I don't even know how to put on real pants. Oh no, pants are dead to me. No pants, like anything without like some kind of stretch. Like that's no. right. Need some no. good athleisure. That's all that's happening. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's like a funny like check off like, oh, try, you know, put on makeup once this week to look presentable. Put on pants twice this week. Yep. <laughs> like real mm -hmm. pants. Mm -hmm. These were all like check offs. Right. Brush your hair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Right? Like all these things that you don't do anymore. Yeah. Bra bras? No, but, like, yeah. Mm, yeah don't don't do that i just wear a sports bra right I yeah wear sports bra. i can't wear a normal bra no not happening that like jail it was like yeah. jail we had to wear like if you had to put on real tight jeans heels and a real bra i'd be pissed off right right now. right i'd be like am i getting married today because that's how fancy i feel right like you're like <laughs> no not gonna happen Linda is resilient. So is our planet. And so are you. If you want to support a woman of color owned business, or you just need a high quality mask for your fitness time, go to contingency.com. C-O-N-T-I-N-G-E-N-C-I. They're 100% made in California, 90% USA sustainable sourced materials, athlete tested for no sliding and no pain. They come in different sizes, yay, are washable, dryable, and include a take-back program when you're done. When someday, masks aren't needed. Just spread the word if anybody needs any masks, performance masks, there's a patent pending on it. Support local, it's all women done, third-party lab tested, athlete tested, pretty much everything. So yeah, spread the word. <laughs>